Good morning. This is In Focus, the weekly public affairs program from KTBB and the Team Sports Radio. This week, KTBB and the Team Sports Radio owner and general manager Paul Gleiser sits down with University of Texas at Tyler President Dr. Kirk Calhoun. Dr. Kirk Calhoun, uh, president of UT Tyler. I think if somebody has lived here any length of time, they, they can remember when this institution was a two-year upperclassman institution, very small and a barely detectable on the radar in the University of Texas system. Now it's blossomed into a very important campus. Just talk about that journey. First of all, uh, thank you, Paul, for coming and uh, allowing us to have this opportunity to talk about this uh, great university here in Northeast Texas. And UT Tyler has gone through, I think, a remarkable evolution from moving from an upper-level university to a four-year institution to uh, much more of a residential campus with uh, dormitories and students here. And the uh, growth in the student body has been uh, pretty phenomenal with 10,000 students now. And it was very transformational when we took two University of Texas campuses 15 minutes apart and decided to unify them under one administrative structure uh, uh, with uh, 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 a major uh, result of that being a new medical school right here. That's been phenomenal and that thrust UT Tyler into an entirely uh, different uh, uh, category of major university. You and I have talked on, on numerous occasions. You've talked to people on my staff. You have talked to the community about the fact that this part of the world, if it were a 51st state, might be the least healthy of the 50, 51 states. Yes. Yes. Northeast Texas, uh, some say the size of Indiana. Others say the size of West Virginia. Uh, it's a huge area. Texas is a big state. This is a big region. And uh, if this region were a state, it would have very poor health outcomes. And I want to be very careful about how I describe that, because if, if you're, you're in the urban area here, if you're in Tyler with the great hospitals, uh, multiple hospitals that we have, have here in Tyler, uh, the health outcomes are, are, are not as poor. But you get out into some of our very rural areas. Uh, where the access to medical care or behavioral health services is, is, is less than it, what exists in, in, in other areas of our region, those health outcomes uh, actually become quite, quite poor. And, and I've even seen data, if you look at uh, automobile accidents, for instance, you know, out on some of these country roads late at night, uh, statistically, Northeast Texas has a higher mortality from automobile accidents. Yeah. You know, it, more problems with obesity, diabetes. Um, we have an aging population. All these things contribute to some health challenges that, we, that exist in our community. And we think that through the university, and our nursing school, our health professions, the medical schools, we can make sure that the uh, individuals, the residents who live in Northeast Texas have uh, ready access to health care services because we're producing those professionals as quickly as we can. Well, before we move off of medicine, let me just ask you this. With respect to physicians, you hear all the time that we're facing a doctor shortage. Mm -hmm. Is that shortage more acute here? Uh, well, the um, American Association of Medical Colleges, if I 
keep my numbers straight, are predicting nationwide a shortage of physicians, I believe by 2030, of about 125,000. That's driven in part because uh, there are many physicians like me who are baby boomers, right? And we're aging out. So um, uh, we have a, a very large number of physicians who are uh, entering their retirement years, and instead of providing healthcare services, we're becoming consumers. <laughs> consumers of healthcare services in a number of ways. And, and, and our population is getting older and consuming uh, more in the way of healthcare services. And so we're, we're, we're trying to uh, address those kinds of needs and uh, produce those uh, professionals. And we have placed with the medical school in particular, we've placed a very important emphasis on demonstrating a commitment to East Texas. And so uh, we have our first class of 40 medical students admitted. Uh, out of that class, uh, 32 of the uh, young people selected are from Northeast Texas, uh, Smith County and the surrounding counties. Right. The other eight have family Right. here that they are committed to. All right. So, you know, the, the entire group that we brought in have expressed a real commitment and desire to serve this community. And when we had a chance to analyze their competency, uh, average uh, grade point average is A++. Um, that they all scored exceedingly well on the standardized admissions tests for medical schools. Uh, we have an exceptional class coming in. And I want to thank our donors that made contributions to make it tuition free. That, That's that a big helped, deal. That's that, a big deal. That helped us attract the very best. And um, uh, I think these young people are really very committed to serving this region. And that's the kind of medical school we want to have uh, now and into the future. We're designing this school to identify doctors who are motivated to serve this community. And, and so let, let me give you a little insight into our, our thinking and, you know, our, our dean, uh, Dr. Brigham Willis, is, you know, he's really done a mar marvelous job of building a curriculum that really does focus on local issues. So let, let me just give you an example. Uh, one of the first courses our new medical school students will take is that they will be assigned to an ambulance. Wow. And they will ride around on an ambulance and seeing patients where they live, seeing patients who are encountering emergencies. And as Brig likes to say, the first thing we're going to teach our doctors is how to save a life That's in an emergency. That's, That's the first thing we're going to teach our doctors, how to save a life in an emergency. Very well. Moving on to the rest of the university over which you now have oversight, uh, one of these people don't realize universities have to be reaccredited mm -hmm. periodically. That just happened here. Tell us about that. Yes. So um, uh, about every decade you have to, to go through reaccreditation from the Southern Association of Colleges and Universities. and. Uh, 
uh, it's an important accreditation if you're going to be eligible to uh, receive Pell Grants and other kinds of government funding uh, to help support your, your students. And it's a rigorous process and uh, we're happy to have successfully completed that and to put us behind us. Uh, people don't honestly realize that universities go through a whole host of uh, accrediting processes on a very regular basis. So to get to new medical school, we had to be approved by the Liaison Committee on Medical Education, the LCME. That was a arduous process where they, they send peers who do site visits and look at your facilities and talk to people and they talk to students and, and they talk to faculty and they look at your curriculum and, and um, uh, that's an accreditation process. Our engineering school goes through an accreditation process. Our business school was recently gone. So we go through these things all the time. Clearly uh, the most widespread process is the SAC CLC and we completed that. We're good. We're good for a decade, and then they'll be back again to look to make sure that UT uh, Tyler is performing at a high level in terms of educating our students. You touched on, I'm going to go back into medicine just a little bit, the front line of healthcare going forward is going to be riding on the shoulders more and more of nurses. Let's talk about the, you know, the, where, what the state of the nursing industry is and what UT Tyler does to address those needs. Mm -hmm. We're facing some real challenges coming out of COVID. Uh, there were already uh, uh, some challenges in making sure that we had an adequate supply of nurses. Um, Nurses do so much more than just, you know, work in hospitals. Obviously, they work in physician practices and clinics. There's, there's home health nursing. Uh, there are nurses in administrative roles now. It's a much more broad profession with many more opportunities. And a broader uh, role than the nurses that took care of us when we were kids. That's right much, much more opportunity there, and they're utilized in many uh, more ways. They're, they're hired by government, local government, by the federal government, the, by state governments. Nurses, nurses have a lot of job options, and so the state has had a focus on stepping up our production of nurses. And now COVID comes along. And uh, the result of that was that our healthcare professionals were really pushed to the brink during COVID. And um, uh, a number decided that they, they needed breaks or they were just gonna go and retire, you know, after we got through that crisis. And so um, our hospitals in particular, but other employers of nurses have struggled to uh, be able to meet their workforce needs. And uh, the competition for nurses has uh, uh, impacted salaries and, and hospital budgets all around the country. Uh, and so it's, it's important that we, uh, we in higher education step up our production of these key professionals. And uh, we're doing all we can. The state legislature has been very supportive. 
in uh, helping institutions uh, step up the production of nurses. I think there'll be additional legislation coming out of this session that will help address the nursing shortage across Texas. And um, through the um, uh, production of more of these key professionals, we can help resolve that problem. Let's talk about, let's, let's address the needs of the parent of a high achieving high school student. Because one of the things that I'm proud to say I have one of those, mm -hmm. I'll never understand how, given the father involved, but I have a high achieving, I have a high achieving daughter. It makes choosing a college more difficult, not less. Because you, you've got, it, 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 it really changes the process. Honors programs versus honors college. Yes. Talk to me about that. Uh, having an honors program for UT Tyler was a step in the evolution of an honors college. Define an honors college. An honors college is a... Um, uh, is it a school uh, within a school? Not quite. Okay. Uh, if, if, you, if you go back to like Oxford and, and uh, traditional... Uh, uh, English education. The the colleges were the communities, and so if you look at a university that uses a uh, a sort of uh, a British system, like Rice University down in Houston, they have colleges that are named after famous people. Right. They're not named after the discipline. So you could be in a um, uh, engineering program, but you're in the William Rice College. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's how they do it. And so Oxford is made up of colleges that are right. communities of people. Right. Uh, here in the United States, when people talk about colleges, they're driven more by your discipline, your interests. So it's a college of engineering, or a college of education, or a college of medicine. Mm -hmm. But one of the areas where we go back to describing a community of people is to have an honors college. So an honors college is now belonging to a college, belonging to a community that is highly recognized for its academic excellence. Mm -hmm. The students there are, are excellent. The uh, uh, faculty who are now brought into that honors college. They may be in their discipline in English or math or physics, but they may be part of the honors college too. And they're there and they're interacting with those kids and they're taking some of the brightest young people we have and exposing them to some of our strongest faculty members and allowing that exchange to take place in a community that will spill over into the classroom. So uh, we had an honors program where we recognized the, the, the young people. When we uh, finally had a critical mass mm -hmm. of folks where they could be their own community, uh, we were now able to create an honors college here at UT Tyler. So uh, young people who uh, have illustrated during their, their high school years just a real uh, 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 degree of academic success, they are invited into the Honors College and they belong to that community. And they have their own space and some other things here on campus that are unique. 
to their experience, but they take classes right along with right. the other kids that are in their particular professional discipline that they want to pursue. All right. You touched on, I'm going to go back into medicine just a little bit, the front line of healthcare going forward is going to be riding on the shoulders more and more of nurses. Let's talk about the, you know, the, what the state of the nursing industry is and what UT Tyler does to address those needs. We're facing some real challenges coming out of COVID. Uh, there were already uh, uh, some challenges in making sure that we had an adequate supply of nurses. Um, nurses do so much more than just you know work in hospitals. Obviously, they work in physician practices and clinics. There's there's home health nursing. Uh, there are nurses in administrative roles now. It's a much more broad profession with many more opportunities. And uh, a broader role than the nurses that took care of us when we were kids. That's right. Much, much more opportunity there, and they're utilized in many uh, more ways. They're, they're hired by government, local government, by the federal government, the, by state governments. Nurses, nurses have a lot of job options, and so the state has had a focus on stepping up our production of nurses. And now COVID comes along. And uh, the result of that was that our healthcare professionals were really pushed to the brink during COVID. And um, uh, a number decided that they, they needed breaks or they were just gonna go and retire, you know, after we got through that crisis. And so um, our hospitals in particular, but other employers of nurses have struggled to uh, be able to meet their workforce needs. And uh, the competition for nurses has uh, uh, impacted salaries and, and hospital budgets all around the country. Uh, and so it's, it's important that we, uh, we in higher education step up our production of these key professionals. And uh, we're doing all we can. The state legislature has been very supportive in uh, helping institutions uh, step up the production of nurses. I think there'll be additional legislation coming out of this session that will help address the nursing shortage across Texas. And um, through the um, uh, production of more of these key professionals, we can help resolve that problem. Let's talk about, let's, let's address the needs of the parent of a high achieving high school student. Because one of the things that I'm proud to say I have one of those, mm -hmm. I'll never understand how, given the father involved, but I have a high achieving, I have a high achieving daughter. It makes choosing a college more difficult, not less. Because you've, you've got, it, 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 it really changes the process. Honors programs versus honors college. Yes. Talk to me about that. Uh, having an honors program for UT Tyler was a step in the evolution of an honors college. Define an honors college. An honors college is a... Um, uh, is it a school uh, within a school? 
Not quite. Okay. Uh, if if you if you go back to like Oxford and and uh, traditional um, uh, English education, the the colleges were the communities, and so if you look at a university that uses a uh, a sort of uh, a British system like Rice University down in Houston, they have colleges that are named after famous people. Right. They're not named after the discipline. So you could be in an um, uh, engineering program, but you're in the William Rice College. Mm -hmm. Okay, That's how they do it. And so Oxford is made up of colleges that are right. communities of people. Right. Uh, here in the United States, when people talk about colleges, they're driven more by your discipline, your interests. So it's a college of engineering or a college of education or a college of medicine. Mm -hmm. But one of the areas where we go back to describing a community of people is to have an honors college. So an honors college is now belonging to a college, belonging to a community that is highly recognized for its academic excellence. Mm -hmm. The students there are, are excellent. The uh, uh, faculty who are now brought into that honors college, they may be in their discipline in English or math or physics, but they may be part of the honors college too. And they're there and they're interacting with those kids and they're taking some of the brightest young people we have and exposing them to some of our strongest faculty members and allowing that exchange to take place in a community that will spill over into the classroom. So uh, we had an honors program where we recognized the, the, the young people. When we uh, finally had a critical mass mm -hmm. of folks where they could be their own community, uh, we were now able to create an honors college here at UT Tyler. So uh, young people who uh, have illustrated during their, their high school years just a real uh, 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 degree of academic success. They are invited into the Honors College and they belong to that community. And they have their own space and some other things here on campus that are unique to their experience. But they take classes right along with right. the other kids that are in their particular professional discipline that they want to pursue. All right. Part of college life is athletics. Mm -hmm. The athletics here at UT Tyler. Well, I've always enjoyed uh, college athletics. It's, um, you know, when I was president of the Health Science Center, uh, one of the things that I regretted was, you know, with medical residents and, and biomedical people and public health people, I didn't have any sports teams <laughs> to cheer for. Um, and honestly, I, I sort of felt I was so busy that I really did not have an opportunity to come over and take advantage of, of the many sporting events that they have here at, uh, at uh, UT Tyler. Um, and so we, and, and, and now being president of the entire university, I actually have an obligation <laughs> to be supportive of my student athletes. Right. And I do. And, and you know, my uh, first year here, uh, 
I was so thrilled. Our women's softball team went to the Division II College World Series. It was being held in Denver, Colorado, and got to go to Denver and participate in, in, in the uh, College World Series where, where they went to the, the semifinals, and, and they got eliminated there. But uh, Still went deep. Went deep. I mean, they, they, they won the conference championship. They won the regionals. They went on and were in the College World World Series, and uh, I went in to, uh, after they lost that game in the semifinals, went in to con console them, and I told them, there's nothing here to, to be sad about. You guys have had a remarkable season, and I think they're ranked second or third in the nation right now, and so if all proceeds well, I think they're on the path to returning to the, the College World Series. Our, just uh, recently, our women's basketball team uh, uh, went to the um, uh, uh, Elite Eight of, of, of the Division Two. Yep. Uh, that was in Missouri and uh, uh, played the number one team in the country, which has gone undefeated. I don't know, a year and a half, two years, something like that. And uh, they, they they gave them a run for their money. <laughs> and again, just very proud. We have a number of uh, sports here. Uh, the new president of our uh, student senate is a tennis player, a very well-skilled tennis player. Uh, we just have a, a number of uh, athletic uh, opportunities here, golf, so on and so forth, for our students, uh, track and field, um, uh, volleyball, you know, just, and it's just fun. And if there's anything I would like from the community is um, we have not done a good job of promoting our UT Tyler sports. And uh, one of the things I would like to do is uh, get the community out more to some of our sporting events, the baseball games, the, the softball games, the, the basketball games. The tickets are dirt cheap and uh, it's really a wonderful place to bring the kids. Right. And it's good, wholesome college sports and these people aren't out there making millions of dollars. They're just out there for love of their school and trying to do their best and it's fun. And they're also actual college students. They're actually they, university students. They're actually actual uh, university students. I, you know, I don't know if we have very many of our kids that take advantage of name, image, and likeness. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I suspect that we don't. Right. They're out there for the love of the game and the love of their school. In the time that we have left, UT Tyler sits in this beautiful, secluded, wooded area. You could whiz by on the spur and not even know that it's there. What do you want people to know about UT Tyler that they just may not know because it's not that visible? You're absolutely right, Paul. And uh, I was having a conversation with Chairman Eltife, and he gently reminded me of that, that we have just this fabulous jewel here in UT Tyler, and we need to make the community much more aware. And I, I think there are a couple of things uh, that we should be doing. This kind of thing we're doing right now, and me making myself and other leaders here more accessible to the, to the public, to the media, we, we, we need to do a better job of that. We also need to work on accessibility to the, the campus. 
um, you drive down University Boulevard and the campus is hidden behind all these trees. Beautiful trees. Beautiful trees. Maybe I should thin them out a little bit <laughs> yeah. so you can actually see there is a campus and, right. and, and, and right. enhance our entrances to the campus so that people, when, they, when they're driving around this community and they look over and see it, they know it's there. We also need to work on accessibility to the, the campus. Um, you drive down University Boulevard and the campus is hidden behind all these trees. Beautiful trees. Beautiful trees. Maybe I should thin them out a little bit <laughs> yeah. so you can actually see there is a campus and, right. and, and, and right. enhance our entrances to the campus so that people, when, they, when they're driving around this community and they look over and see it, they know it's there. And so many universities, I mean, you, you drive around UT Austin and the hubbub and so forth, you know. No, you can't miss it. Can't miss it, you know it's there. And, and so we're, we're gonna be doing some things to improve uh, the sight lines, the accessibility to the campus, so the community that knows that we're here and that many of the events that take place here, whether they're sporting events or whether they're, they're uh, the days, the career days we have here mm -hmm. for uh, our students and so forth, that the public is invited to come to the campus, to walk the campus, to see it, to interact with our faculty, to interact with our students and learn what uh, a fabulous jewel that we, we, we have here. Doctor, thank you for your time. Thank you for uh, allowing me to go on and on no, like this. I'm a, I'm a college professor, so I like to talk. Very, very, very enlightening. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I've, we, I've enjoyed it. Thank you. This week's edition of In Focus has featured KTBB's Paul Gleiser and his discussion with Dr. Kirk Calhoun, president of the University of Texas at Tyler. In Focus is a public affairs program produced by KTBB and the team Sports Radio, and we thank you for listening.